Welcome everyone. Uh, blessed Sunday, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Last week, we started exploring the book of Jeremiah, where Pastor Wiljo shared with us about following God's call. Today, up to the end of February, we will still be looking at the book of Jeremiah. And the title of our message this morning is People Who Abandoned the Lord. And by the sound of my title, probably some of us might already be thinking we'll be talking about unbelievers or maybe God's enemies or people who don't believe yet in God. But you know, chapter 2 of Jeremiah is for believers. In fact, it is for Israel, which we all know is God's chosen people. And if you come to think of it, unbelievers have already abandoned the Lord. And now for believers, my question to us today, including myself, is will we abandon the Lord? And I hope our answer is a firm no. And my friends, if you are worshiping with us for the first time, seeking God, stay with us up to the end of this service. And you are led here by God, and it's not by accident that you are here. Now let me give you a background of our book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is from the land of Benjamin. He is a prophet. Uh, a prophet is a messenger of God who speaks what God wants him to speak, regardless if it is a good news or a bad news. And he has been a prophet for almost 40 years. And God told him to speak about a difficult uh, topic, which is about judgment so that his people would turn from their sins and turn to God once again. And although nobody listened to Jeremiah, but I admire Jeremiah because he has been obedient and has been faithful to do what God calls him to do. And some of what prof, uh, Jeremiah prophesied, he was able to witness it by his own eyes, which makes him which makes it harder for him. Now, Jeremiah's message in chapter 2 was not only for southern kingdom or Judah, because by that time, Israel is already divided into northern kingdom and as well as southern kingdom. But it is for the entire Israel. And our verse today started with uh, with God remembering his people's devotion, starting from verse 1 up to verse 3. And it was mentioned there that once these people were devoted to the Lord. In fact, they were so devoted that they were even willing to go to the wilderness. A wilderness is a land uh, not yet sown, or it is a land not beautiful. And the passage also tells us that God's protection was upon them for all those who oppose Israel 
God-inflicted disaster. And then, if you notice your, your Bible, the tone suddenly changed into God's judgment for His people, starting from verse 4, even up to the next chapters. And there are several lessons that we can learn today, specifically about abandoning God. And I hope that we won't make the same mistakes today, as these mistakes, my friends, is prone to us believers. And if you are convicted with the message today, my purpose for you is to get right back with God while there is still a time. Now, before we dive into our passage, it is very important for us to know who is a Christian. Because if we are not clear about about it, we might have an impression that one can lose its salvation based on reading the Word of God. And so, what is a Christian? A Christian is a person who has fully trusted in Jesus Christ as the only Lord and Savior, and therefore possess the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, Jesus told the people about this parable of the sower, which has four different kinds of soil. And these four soils represent different responses to the gospel. And among those four soils, there is only one soil that is good, which are those who hear the word, who accepts it, and it results to bearing much fruit. And my friends, this should be our response towards the gospel. Now, the other three soils represents wrong responses. Those who fell along the path represents those who is hardened by sin, and therefore they cannot understand at all what the Word of God is saying. And so when Satan comes to their life, they easy, Satan easily snatch away what is sown in their hearts. Now the second soil is those who fell on rocky road. This represents someone who receives the Word of God, but they did not let the Word of God enter into their hearts. And so when trouble arises, their faith quickly disappears. And there's also the third response, and these are those who fell on thorny grounds. It seems like they received the word, but the problem is their hearts is also full of riches, full of the world pleasures and lust. And so these things distract them from the word of God leaving them, them no time for the word, and therefore, they are not fruitful. And so, as you evaluate your own life today, not the life of other people around you, and you happen to fail in this or fall into these three bad soils, I want to tell you now that there is still time and there is still hope. And of course, I want you to come to God and don't make your situation worse by abandoning 
the Lord. Abandoning the Lord will never be a wise decision. And allow me to point out three things why it is not, uh, a, is not a wise decision. The first point that abandoning the Lord is not a wise decision is because there is no reason for people to abandon God. In verse 5, we see the Lord challenging his people to give him a valid reason why they abandon him. In fact, I think the Lord is challenging them, even just give me one reason. But, you know, or if we know the Lord truly, there is really no reason at all for us to abandon him. But sad to say, some people abandon God for no reason at all. God is also right in saying that when you pursue worthlessness, you become worthless. You become worthless. Now let us look at why do people abandon God. There are of course a lot of reasons, but I can think of two common reasons why people abandon God. First is that they, they abandon God because they blame God on the bad things that is happening to them. And another is that they forget the good things that the Lord has bestowed upon them. Let's look at the first, about bad things happening. People blame God for the bad things that is happening to them. And one of the common questions asked by many is that why do God allow evil? Why do God allow evil? And let me share with you three, uh, a, a beautiful article in which the author offered three alternative ways how people might look at how God ran the world. The first is that God would change everyone's personality so that they cannot sin. Sounds beautiful, but it also means that people will not have free will. And without free will, there will be no meaningful relationship between God and all of his creation. Number two, God compensate or God could compensate for people's evil action through supernatural intervention 100% of the time. Again, it sounds beautiful, but the attractiveness of this loses once God's intervention limits you and I from doing something that we want to do. In short, gagawin mo palang, wala na, natigil na. No? And lastly, God would be to judge and remove those evil acts. Lahat ng gagawa ng kasalanan, God is going to remove it. And of course, it won't work because there will be no one left in this world. And so instead, God chose to create a real world where real choices have real consequences. Our choice affects us as well as others. 
And God's desire, my friends, is for our sake, we would obey him that it might go well with us. For our sake, and it might go well with us. So instead of why God allowed these things, our focus should shift on the business of proclaiming the cure for evil, and that is Jesus Christ. Mag-focus tayo sa cure instead of why God allow it. Another question that is asked is that uh, since God uh, did God created evil since God created all things? A straightforward answer to that is that God did not create evil. In fact, evil is not a thing to be created, but evil is really the absence of good. Just like cold and darkness, it really does not exist. But we experience cold because there's an absence of heat, and we experience darkness because there's an absence of light. And so God allows the possibility of evil so that we could genuinely have free will and choose. If you come to think of it, free will without the option to choose is useless. Now let's go to the next, why people abandon the Lord. Number two, people forget the good things that God bestowed upon them, and they even destroy the good things that they already have. In verse 6 and verse 8, we see that the people, as well as those spiritual leaders such as priests who are expected to call upon the Lord, did not remember the good things and did not even bother asking, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? They forgot how the Lord delivered them from slavery in Egypt, now into a promised land, to enjoy its fruits and its good things. And when it comes to witnessing miracles, it's Israel themselves have encountered or witnessed several miracles coming from God. And speaking of good news or good things, the Bible is very much clear in James 1 verse 17, where it says that every good gifts and perfect gifts is from God. Never did we once receive a good things that is by chance and that is by coincidence. It is from God. And if you would just list down right now the good things that is happening to your life and as well as the bad things that is happening to your life, I believe that the good things will easily outnumber the bad things, especially if you see it in the lenses of God. You know, sometimes we forget the good things that we already have. And if we have been guilty of that, it would lead us to strive even for more. And when we strive for more than our capacity, it would make us destroy what we already have. Just an example, work and rest are two beautiful things from the Lord. 
But if you are overwork at the same time or maybe overrest, it won't do you any good. Remember that God fully knows each one of our limitations, capacities, and capabilities. And whatever you have now, be contented. In fact, we Christians should be the most contented people in the world. For God provides our needs exactly the right time. And God can provide that because God owns the universe. And let me tell you this, if you are not satisfied with God, it also means that you are not satisfied with the best. And if you're not satisfied with the best, it could lead you to replace best with better, or maybe best with worse. I have traveled to three countries so far in my life, and these three countries happen to be more progressive than our country. And even though I just stayed there for less than a week in each trip, I can't help but wish that I am a permanent resident of that country. I must remind myself that yes, those countries are more progressive than ours, but I also know deep down in my heart that there is no prompting from God for me to relocate and therefore I need to enjoy where God has put me. I'm not saying here that migrating is bad, but if migrating is not God's leading, which could lead you farther from Him, then I suggest you stay. Be contented and enjoy the good things that God give you and I. And please wait. Wait for him to bless you when God thinks you are ready. No? Wait for God to bless you when he thinks you're ready. Now let's go back to the second reason as to why abandoning God will never be a wise decision. The second reason is this. In our passage in verse 11 and verse 12, we can see that there is only one God and all others are no gods at all. You see, reading this passage is so difficult because you can, I can imagine how God became so angry with what the Israelites did. Imagine God choosing the undeserving Israelites brought them out of slavery and gave them the promised God, I promised land rather, and yet people traded him for other gods, even though there are no other gods at all. You see, trading, God, trading false gods with false gods have no bearing. But when you abandon God for false god, it is a great insult to our living God. In fact, the verse says, the heavens are shocked and shrink back 
in horror and dismay. In other words, it is an unthinkable thing to do. And yet, the Israelites did it. And you know, as I am discussing with Pastor Brian about uh, the passage today, he mentioned to me that this verse is like a wife who traded his spouse for a mannequin. No, hindi man lang humihinga, no? Mannequin. It can also be like eating in a restaurant where it is promised that they would only serve a genuine or authentic Wagyu beef, then only to find out that it is a fake one. You might ask how great our God is, how great our God is. And let me tell you this, you combined everything valuable in this world, put them all together, and God will still be way higher in terms of value. In fact, it is not even close. Sayang, if only people are not spiritually blind, then this should not be a hard decision to determine the right thing to do. And here, Israelites committed two evils. And this is the summary of two evils that the Israelites committed. In our verse, it says there, uh, forsaken the one who gives the living water and hewed out cisterns for themselves, uh, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In fact, these two, my friends, are the two elements present whenever you sin. It's either you forsake God or you broke a cistern. And in the New Testament, who is it that offers us the living waters? It is only Jesus Christ. And what is the main purpose of a cistern? Simple, it is be able to hold water. And so in other words, Israelites stopped drinking from the living water and they were unable to fulfill their purpose as to why they exist. Do you know the purpose as to why you and I exist? It is simple. It is to glorify God. Today, I like to tell us, don't fall into the trap of idolatry. It would take away the life out of you, and it would cost you to be more unsatisfied. For only God can give life and can satisfy us completely. And do you know, my friends, the whole duty of mankind? Let me tell you in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 to 14. It says there, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And why? For God will bring every deed into judgment, every secret thing, whether good and evil. Nowadays, idolatry exists in various forms. It could be visual, it could be tangible, but remember, anything that replaces God as first place in your heart is considered as idolatry. Only when God 
is first place, then can everything else fall into the right places. The third point, why abandoning God will never be a wise decision, is this. We bring evil into our lives whenever we abandon God. And many times we kept on blaming other people. We blame Satan, we blame the temptation, lahat blame except ourselves. While there is truth to that, blaming makes us miss to see our own sins, our doing. And in our Bible, in verse 17, that God says to the Israelites that you brought this upon yourself. You cannot even see Satan or, or temptation being mentioned there. In fact, we see clearly that God held the Israelites accountable. Friends, you are accountable for your own sin. You are accountable to your own sin. And Satan wants you to abandon God at your lowest moments. But the Bible shows us that God delivers his people when they lean on them during those times. Earlier, I said that I had visited three countries, all of which are progressive than our own. And one thing I observe about these countries is that they have few to none police roaming around the streets, inside the malls, and yet I felt safer. I see how they are organized and how disciplined their people are. While here, you see security guards, police dogs, wherever you go, and yet there seems to have a major difference in terms of safety and discipline. Of course, theirs is better. And my observation tells me that it is not having more security guards, CCTVs, or even safety measures, but it all depends on our cooperation and not really on external factor. Today, I also would like us to, to change our focus, to focus on our own sin instead of focusing on other people's sins. Let God worry and deal with other people's sins. We have control only on our own will, but we never will have control on other people's will. And there is a saying that garbage in, garbage out. And it is true. So if it is true, then treasures in also means treasures out. Draw near to our living God so that treasures will go into you and treasures will also go out from you. Move farther from God and garbage will go into you and garbage will also go out 
to you. And if you still would choose to abandon God after knowing all this, verse 19 is a, <clears throat> a warning. It says there, your evil will chastise you and apostasy will reprove you. And you know, chastise means not just ordinary punishment, but it means reprimand severely. In other words, you would not want to have that kind of punishment. Three things I like to uh, repeat why abandoning God will never be a wise decision. First, there is really no reason at all for us to abandon God. Number two, there is only one God and all others are no gods at all. And number three, we bring evil into our lives whenever we abandon God. And since we have the whole book of, of Jeremiah in our Bible today, we already know that the Israelites did not repent. And therefore, they experienced all the judgment that been said by Jeremiah. But why? That's the question, but why? Isn't it that when you are warned, people would listen? And just like the Israelites, we are no better than them. Many of us have been warned several times, but still we commit sin. Actually, we can see that in our passage today. Let's look at verse 23 and 35. And this is the response of the people that the Lord knows. How can you say I'm not unclean? And you say you're innocent. And surely his anger has turned from me. And behold, I will bring you to judgment for saying I have not sinned. And I'm amazed by the next chapter, which is chapter, chapter 3 or chapter 4, that you will be surprised to see that despite all this that the people committed, the Lord is still willing to restore the Israelites, if only they repent. But one thing I also learned from our passage today is that you can repent, but in pretense. In other words, hindi tunay yung iyong pagre-repent. And my friends, it is not acceptable. Way back when I was young, though I'm I look young today, so one of the difficult teaching that I really find in God's word is that the teaching that no one is righteous, not even one. I find it difficult because I don't see myself uh, not righteous at that time. I never enter any fights. I have clean records at Hope Christian High School. You can check it out. <laughs> no failing marks at school. No vices. But at the same time, not that smart. But also not left behind. I'm just in the middle. And in fact, I, I started serving God when I was in college. But you know, it was only in my working times. 
that I finally understood that I'm a sinner. Yeah, you never feel ko, sorry. We all commit mistakes that we don't expect. <laughs> sorry, nilapan ako. Sorry. We all commit mistakes that we don't expect that we will ever commit. And so, when I fall into that trap, I finally understood that teaching of the Bible and admit fully Hindi rehearsed to, ah, sorry. Yeah. That I finally understood that I am a sinner. So, sorry, no, na medyo naisip ko yung kasalanan ko dati. But I believe that all of us do have that kind of mistakes. So, when I commit that I submit to the word of God. And therefore, uh, God changed me. God changed me. So, I learned the hard truth, actually, not on other people's mistakes, but it's on my own mistakes. So a person like me, who don't admit that I'm a sinner for a long time, finally submit to the word of God. And so, Today, the big idea is that abandoning God and living without God would lead only to evil and God's wrath. And we bring evil to our lives whenever we abandon the Lord. So, if you have something to take, take home today, never abandon God in your life. And so, friends, if you have not experienced having God in your life today, and you are here for the first time, or maybe you have abandoned God, and your heart is telling you right now that it's time for you to go back to God, two things I would like to ask from you this morning. First, kindly admit that you are a sinner in need of a savior. It is very difficult to help someone who realize or who don't realize that they needed help. And second, just as what I have learned by preparing this message, make sure that you repent with the whole heart without pretense before the Lord. Right now, I would like us to close our eyes and I'll just give us a few minutes to talk to God from the bottom of our hearts. And after a minute, let me lead you to a word of prayer.
Let me pray for us. Lord, you clearly hears the heart of each worshiper here. Lord, you know how to work in everyone's of our life, regardless of how deep we have fallen into sin. I pray that whether today or later, that we would not miss making this big decision in our life, that all of us would admit that we are sinners and that we would really repent from, from the bottom of our heart in this lifetime. And Lord, thank you that you love each one of us deeply. And may the words that is planted into the heart of each one of hearers here today be accepted and in your perfect timing, all of us would bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.